Welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack. Today we're going to talk about wedding soup in a program I'd like to call the Deep Dark Secrets of Wedding Soup. Wedding soup's become very popular over the last few years. And um, if you don't know what it is, it's basically, it's an Italian soup. It's not for weddings. However, it's a special thing that you do have at weddings if you're Italian, growing up Italian. My family is, my grandparents both came from Italy and settled in Canton, Ohio, and my Italian family in Canton, Ohio, um, we there were certain things that we had at certain times, which is of course very Italian. You know, you have pasta on Sunday and Wednesday, and mm-hmm. you know whatever. It's it's always on a schedule. We didn't just have wedding soup. Um, we had it at special occasions. So you might have it on a holiday or at a wedding, which is a special occasion. The reason it's called wedding soup is because it's a it's a wedding of a variety of flavors. So you take meat and chicken, or you take beef and pork and chicken and um, greens and cheese and and it meld into this delicious soup. So that's the idea, is the wedding of flavors, not that it's for a wedding. So it's become very popular over the last few years to the extent that Campbell's has a wedding soup. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the other kind of soup? I was just just went out of my head. But anyway, there's a couple of canned wedding soups that you can get. They're not terrible, uh, <laughs> um, but a lot of people are making it. And one of the things that always bothers me because I'm sort of a weird purist. I'll be the first to admit that I'm a very weird purist. And those of you that know me know that I am perpetually annoyed by things. I find life extremely annoying. So uh, it just bothers me when people don't make something right. Or, for example, something like, I looked up wedding soup on Google, and this person has a recipe, and they call it Mama's Italian Wedding Soup, but it says in the description, this hearty soup was inspired by a soup that I tasted at an Italian wedding. Okay? So, this is not your mama's soup, number one. Number two, you made it up after you tasted it somewhere. You made something up. So, I'm going to try and fix all these things that you see online about wedding soup because I'm going to tell you what wedding soup actually is. There's some painful revelations that are come out of this that'll come out of this and it's very somewhat rude. <laughs> but a little um, bit racist against non-Italians. Racist against non-Italians and, <laughs> and some of you might be hurt when you find out what Italians call non-Italians. <laughs> we call all non-Italians this name though, so it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is, you will be called this name. And it's really funny because it's it's uh, it's how it, when, one of the things I noticed. This is this is very funny to me. Growing up in an Italian family, first of all, it's really difficult to get the actual recipes out of anybody because nobody wants to give you their prized recipe that they have that everybody loves the way they make it. They're not going to give it to you. If they do give it to you, chances are there will be an ingredient missing or measurements or measurements off so that you won't be able to make it quite as good as they could. Okay, and they'll say, hmm, well, I don't know. It always works for me. And you'll find out, actually, that they were telling you the wrong thing. So that's, I mean, and that's just the way it is. It's not, you know, you could be mad about it, but that's the way it is. So you learn to expect that. I find it funny that when you try to look up Italian recipes um, on Google or on various sites, it's very hard to find 
what you would say the core recipe or the way that it's traditionally made, a traditional way to make it. In Italy, in different locales, in different places, sauces are made differently. Uh, The pasta sauce is also called gravy by some people. So your gravy would be some only use olive oil and garlic in their gravy. Some only use oregano in their gravy. It just depends on where you're at in the country. My grandmother was from the very southern uh, part of Italy. The city name? You just forgot it. I can't remember (laughs) But she was from, as she always said, the heel of the boot. And their sauce was very very, very flavorful. It included, um, it was a peppery sort of a sauce. So it's kind of more specialized than a lot that you get. It was very much more spicy than a lot of sauces that you get. She used a lot of pepper, a lot of, like, her own pepper, ground-up pepper, hot pepper flakes, basil, oregano, you know, a lot more flavorful herbs in her sauce. But I've had some sauces that only contain olive oil that are Italian sauces, and some of them are very bad. I'll just say that now. I found the city. It's uh, Montella. Montella. My grandmother was from Montella, Italy. So she, that's the way she made her sauce. The reason I wanted to do this for the wedding soup is because I, every time I have wedding soup, and we, where I live, we live in western Pennsylvania. It's a very ethnic area. Um, A lot of Eastern European people immigrated here in the 1800s and early 1900s because of the steel mills. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different ethnicities. There's a lot of Italian people here because stonework was enormous in Western Pennsylvania due to the very wealthy people who owned the steel mills. So they brought in a lot of Italian stoneworkers and their families, and it just followed, you bring your family with you. Uh, My grandfather came over with his brother and their trade that they had known, they were very young teenagers, but they were from a family that made furniture. So they had a trade when they came, they were furniture makers. It's, the roots go deep and and it bothers me when people, and I understand the new way of American cooking that people um, take a classic food and make it their own or add ingredients, new ingredients to it, and develop into something. But I think it's very important to know the core of the food. And it's um, wedding soup is one of those things. And it wedding soup is the thing that bothers me as a, as a person of Italian descent. I'm also of Irish descent, and you know the Irish have very few good foods. So um, the Italian side of me feels like people should know what that good core food is. So I'm going to tell you about that today and um, tell you some of the things that certain family members of mine have said, which, you know, you, you, we kind of laugh because it's so um, awkward <laughs> that you just laugh. But yeah. I think I, I told you one in our lasagna show. You'll have oh, to go yeah. back and listen to that. That was a delightful one. But um, one of the things about wedding soup is this is what uh, Italians from my family, from my experience... And everyone I know who is Italian will tell you this is this is what's in wedding soup. Greens, typically endive and escarole. Those are the classic greens. And they're, a, they're sort of a bitter green. Um, you might think of uh, endive looks like um, a giant dandelion, okay? And it's a little on the bitter side. You can use it in salads. I would use it more as an accent green in a salad because it's it does tend to be bitter and It can be tough if you leave the um, core of the leaf in there, but it's a good green, and it's also one of those greens, it's uh, reasonably priced 
almost always. So if you're a salad eater, you go down to that part of the grocery store where those loose greens are, look through, usually you can find it. And I, I, get, I got mine, not at a specialty store. However, I am from a city that has a large amount of Italian citizens in it, so that may be why I yeah, can find it. There, there's a demand for yes. it here. So at an Italian grocery, you would find it. So that's endive. Escarole looks sort of like Boston bib lettuce gone wild. It has, um, it's a big, round head with long, big, fluffy, long leaves. Um, it's also considered a bitter green, but it's not quite, it's usually not quite as bitter as endive. Um, you can use it again. You can use it in salads as an accent green. I wouldn't use it just on its own. Spinach can also be used in wedding soup. A lot of people generally... Americans use spinach in their <laughs> wedding soup, and you can use fresh spinach. Some people choose to use frozen. We're just on the explanatory part right now. Uh, some people choose to use frozen spinach, which is not a terrible thing. It works okay, um, but spinach is okay to use. Italians also like to use Swiss chard, which is a big, leafy plant. Uh, if you do use that, you do need to cut um, the stem of it. Oh, is it the stem? It goes right up through the middle of the leaf. It's a very big, tough part, and you do need to cut that out and just use the leaves. But a lot of people use, and uh, gross with chard to use that. Do not use kale, please, in your wedding soup. That's just wrong. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to get that out there. So typically, if you were Italian and you were making wedding soup, you would use endive and escarole and possibly spinach. Okay? Not frozen spinach, loose spinach. So I made wedding soup tonight. I used a full head of endive, a full, well, no, I used a half a head of endive because it was enormous. I normally use a full head. This particular one was giant. So, okay, I used a half of a head of endive, a whole head of escarole, and half a bag of bag spinach. And I chopped them all up in about one inch pieces. And um, that's what I'm using. The chicken, what I like to do is use a chicken breast, cook a chicken breast in chicken broth, like two chicken breasts, about a pound of chicken. Traditional Italian soup, you, uh, wedding soup, you typically cook an entire small roasting chicken in the broth, and then you, you, you make a broth from that and clean it. It's a little easier to use the chicken broth. It's not nearly as fatty. So I um, use the chicken broth and the chicken breasts cooked in the broth. You're going to use little meatballs, you can make the little meatballs. However, uh, as you know from my previous podcast, you know, I like to kind of simplify things, even though I do like to have them the way they're supposed to be. So you can actually buy uh, very good frozen meatballs that are small sized for wedding soup. Like I said, we live in a pretty ethnic area, so there's a couple of Italian food supply companies that make them. You might lose your Italian card if you use the frozen meatballs. I don't know. They're made by an Italian company, so I feel safe. And oh, okay. the package was red, white, and green, so I'm pretty sure. So, But if you make your own meatballs, it's a basic meatball recipe, the same as you would make any other meatball with. You can use a mixture of ground beef and pork or just ground beef, and you would use a pound of meat, a half a cup of seasoned Italian breadcrumbs, about an eighth of a teaspoon of garlic, dash of salt, pepper, and a tablespoon of grated Romano cheese. Mix that up and add one egg to it. Mix it up really well and make a zillion tiny little meatballs. Um, your meatballs, you don't want them to be bigger around than about a half an inch 
So it this is why. Turn them in a soup, you know. Yeah, so this is why I bought little tiny frozen meatballs, okay? <laughs> Which are, they are very good. Italians that I know in my family and all the ones that live around me use Romano cheese. We do not use Parmesan cheese, okay? I know a lot of people use Parmesan cheese, but we don't usually say anything to people about that. When we get cheese, we get Romano. So That's one of the ingredients that is left out. That's one of those secret ingredients that we don't tell people about. So that's a tip. Do not use Parmesan cheese. It is nasty stuff. Use Romano cheese, okay? (laughs) The best thing to do is buy a chunk of Romano cheese and grate it yourself. Fabulous. Much better than buying pre-grated. So... Here's what we're going to do to make wedding soup. And wedding soup is tremendously easy to make. It sounds like it's a really hard thing. And I always thought when I was little, it was such a big deal. No wonder we never have this. This must be a really big deal to make. And then I found out that it is nothing to make, nothing at all, even if you do make your own meatballs. It's really not that hard to make. Before you continue with the directions, there's an ingredient that some non-Italian people might think you missed. Oh. Tiny pasta. Tiny pasta. Ditalini whatever it's called, pastine, don't put that in there. The reason, okay, there's another ingredient in there I forgot too, I just remembered. Carrots do not belong in wedding soup. Do not put carrots in your wedding soup. They don't go there. Celery doesn't go there. Onions don't go there. They do not belong. However, the only reason that pastine is in wedding soup is for you whiteheads out there. (laughs) Whiteheads are anyone who is not Italian. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your skin color is. If you are not Italian, you're a whitehead. And whiteheads pick all the goodies out of the wedding soup so that when you go back to get wedding soup, there's nothing left but broth. Angers us Italians to the extent that we put pastine in wedding soup so you think it's supposed to be there and you take all those noodles and that way there's still some meatballs and chicken in there for us. <laughs> That's why we do it. So pastine does not belong in wedding soup. I just looked at some recipes on the internet and dear God in heaven, do not put orzo in your wedding soup. What? Do not put rice in your wedding soup. None of those things belongs in wedding soup. They are not a part of wedding soup. Okay. I'm telling you this as an authoritarian in the Italian community. (laughs) I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save you from your neighbor saying, oh, you Americans, you put carrots in your wedding soup. You don't want to have that happen. It's very embarrassing. So basically what is in Italian wedding soup is this. Endive and escarole, chicken broth, chicken cut up in little pieces, tiny little meatballs, Romano cheese. That's what's in it. Very simple. Okay? Now I'm going to tell you how to make it. This is, a, this is a simple way to make classic Italian wedding soup. So if you see it online, like if Alton Brown says he made classic Italian soup, don't make it because it won't be right. Okay? This is the right way and this is how you do it. I am a food snob. If you don't know me, she, I am. You're a TV food show host snob as well. Yes, I'm also a TV food show host snob. I am so snobby. Boy, (laughs) you don't want to come to my book signing because it would be a very snobby event if I ever have a book. 
It'd don't be a, come. It'd be a weird kind of snobbery, though, because it's not fancy in any way. No, it's, it's not fancy snobbery. Just picky. It's <laughs> it's particular. It's very particular. Like persnickety. Yes, persnickety. That's a good word. Very good. Very good. <laughs> I am. I'm just. A, I just am a food purist, and I just think that things should be made the way they were intended. I understand the whole bistro movement and the whole Americanization of God knows everything and we're taking your culture. Please, let's keep the food out of it, okay? Let's make it the way we're supposed to. I'm going to hit another subject that's a hot-button topic to me right after the wedding soup while we're on the greens thing. (laughs) So we'll be moving into that. But here's your wedding soup. You're going to get two quarts of good chicken broth. I used Delalo chicken broth today, and it was very delicious chicken broth. Um, so you're going to need two quarts of chicken broth. Put them in your pan. Uh, large stock pot. I think the one I used was about, um, I want to say about an eight quart stock pot that I used. So put two quarts of chicken broth in there. And um, I had it on three on my burner, which is about, probably about medium on my stove. So probably medium or slightly less than medium heat. And put in one pound of Nice, clean chicken breasts. So trim the fat off. I do not like a lot of fat in wedding soup. I've seen wedding soup that had big, blobby, shiny balls all over the top of it, and it is not fun to eat that. So um, you want to trim your chicken up really nicely, but put the whole breast in. Don't cut it up, whatever you do. Okay, put that in the broth and bring it to a boil and let that cook. And it doesn't take very long, really, maybe about 15 or 20 minutes for the chicken to cook in there. And once it comes to a nice uh, boil and you see the, you know, that you, you'll see that it's, it's good 15, 20 minutes in, let it cook, um, not boil hard. You know, you're only on medium heat. So once that's done for about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, take your chicken breasts out, set them on a plate and let them cool. And then skim anything off of the broth, um, any little pieces of whatever that are floating around in there, flotsam and jetsam, take them out and get rid of them. And then put your meatballs in the broth and let those cook. When the meatballs are cooked, they'll float. So whether you make your own little meatballs or buy meatballs, just put them into the broth. Now, here's a little thing that I'm going to tell you. If you make your own meatballs, even if you're making pasta sauce, don't bake your meatballs because it makes a little flat, hard spot on them. Nobody bakes their meatballs. You need to cook them in the sauce. If you're concerned about the fat and the... I mean, you don't get a lot of fat if you use real nice lean meat. You're not going to get a lot of loose fat in there. But if you're really concerned about the fat in your soup, you can cook meatballs in boiling water. Bring your water to a boil and just drop your meatballs into it. And when they're cooked, they are floating. And then you just scoop them out. The fat stays in the water. But don't bake your meatballs. That's, they don't absorb the sauce no, that way and it's, either. Yeah, yeah. I prefer to cook them in the sauce. I like to use really, really lean meat and cook them in the sauce. And if you do that, you don't have fat floating all over the surface of it. Very nice. So put your meatballs right in the broth and cook them. While you're doing that, get your greens rinsed and chopped up. And basically, for uh, the endive and escarole, you take about two inches off the bottom, 
go through the leaves, make sure there's no sand in there, or rinse them off real good, and then cut them into about one inch long pieces. And the endive is a narrow leaf. Like I said, it looks like a dandelion. So if you chop that into one inch pieces, you don't have to do anything else. But the um, escarole tends to fan out at the top. I had some enormous escarole. They look like mutants. So I had to cut them like down the middle and chop them all up. But you want to chop them into about a one inch piece. The spinach I chopped up too. I used uh, fresh spinach in mine. So you want to have, it's so funny. I had a bowl. I have a bowl that's about a four quart bowl filled to the top with greens and you put it in and they just cook to nothing you know but you want to have a nice amount of greens i would say about eight cups of greens probably maybe more that was a pretty big bowl full because they're not compressed so you know you want to have a nice amount of greens put them into your broth just stir them in with the meatballs once the meatballs are floating you stir those greens in let them stir around and then i put in about a tablespoon of minced garlic at that time and just put that in there too then you let those greens cook a little bit and then I added six cups of water and eight chicken bouillon cubes that's like an extra shot to the chicken broth and what that does is chicken bouillon tends to be very salty the little bouillon cubes you do not have to add any salt or pepper seasoning to this soup other than the minced garlic so you add that that six cups of water and eight chicken uh, bouillon cubes right in with your greens and get that all going once that comes to a nice simmer and the greens have softened pretty well which takes about 30 minutes you're going to chop your chicken up and put the chicken in there make that into about half inch cubes because you don't want it to break up too little mm -hmm. and put that in stir it up once it's simmering again Put in your three tablespoons of Romano cheese, stir it up, and just let it finish at a very nice low simmer for about another half hour, 20 minutes to a half hour, and your wedding soup is done. So basically, it's going to take you about total one and a half hours, but that's only time. That's not your solid work time. It'll take you about one and a half hours to make a nice big pot of wedding soup, very nice healthy soup. There are no carrots in it. There is no pastine in it. Nothing. Just what God intended. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your wedding soup. We'll have the recipe on our website and on our Facebook page at MerrimackPodcast.com and uh, Merrimack Bakehouse on Facebook. Okay. And then the next pet peeve, <laughs> the next pet peeve I have is greens. Beans and greens. Beans and greens is another thing that's very popular right now. It's a very healthy dish. Uh, there's another thing you can do with this too, but we're not going to get into it this time. And I cannot even find a recipe online for this, so I'm going to be the first. But um, there's another thing that we can do with this. It's called pizza greens. And you may have had a green pizza before, but you have not had anything like like what we have in western Pennsylvania. Wait, so other gonna... places don't have pizza greens no. in their pizza restaurants? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. There's no recipe online for it. There, okay, let me rephrase that. There's weird recipes online for it, but they're not right. <laughs> so, um, but I'm going to tell you right now how to make beans and greens. And beans and greens is a really, it's an Italian, it's like a, what would you say? Um, it's and, a staple? Uh, yes, it's a staple Italian food. It's the sort of thing that, like, you might have it for supper, you might have it for lunch on bread, 
you might have it for an appetizer in a restaurant, whatever. But at home, like if you had it at home, it would probably be um, a side dish for dinner or a main dish meal at night. Like uh, for supper, you might have it. It's not a soup. So a lot of um, recipes that I saw online had it made like a soup. Definitely not a soup. So I want to tell you the right way to make beans and greens also. The right way to make beans and greens, according to moi. (laughs) According to me. But but this is the way that my Italian family makes them. And the way my grandmother made them. So I assume that they're the right way because my grandmother knew everything. And she's the smartest person that I knew. Other than my other grandmother, she was also the smartest person that I knew. So (laughs) when you make Italian greens to use for other uses... Um, this is how you do it. You take those same greens, endive, escarole, and I did use some spinach in there. Like I said, endive and escarole are, are, are greens. They're are greens. So th- those are the ones that we would use mostly. And you clean them and chop them up. And what you do is you get a pot of water boiling on the stove, just water. You don't have to put anything in it. And the same thing, you're going to take your greens and clean them, chop them up into about that one-inch piece... Get your water boiling, throw those greens into the water, and you're going to push them down with a spoon and let them sink and wilt and cook. Because they tend to be a little bit tough. By boiling them, you get them to the the way that you want them. You don't want to boil them to nothing. You only want to, I think I cooked them for about five minutes, really. And then you pour them into a colander to drain. Once they're drained, take like a rubber scraper and press on them, try to press some water out. And then you're going to drain them now like... So what my grandmother would do, and my mother also does this, is you dump them into a thin towel. They call them a flour sack towel. And you roll them up and squeeze all the water out of them. I am not going to do that because I don't want to have to wash a towel. So I used paper towels, which worked pretty well. I used a couple layers of paper toweling, and I put the greens on and rolled and padded them. And they kind of form, they look like a solid mass, like when you take, uh, when you get spinach out of, you know, frozen spinach, that little block, they kind of look like that. Um, So you want to drain all your moisture out of them. Then you take the greens, and you put just enough, as my mother says, just enough olive oil on to make them shiny. That's all you need. You're not like deep frying them or anything. You know, you're just putting a little bit of olive oil on them and about a teaspoon of red pepper flakes. You get about what I did, um, the, you know, the big bowl that I had, like I said, the giant sized eight quart bowl that I had of greens compressed to about two cups of greens after I squeezed all the moisture out of them. Just put enough oil on to make them shiny, probably about, I don't know, maybe one or two tablespoons of olive oil. And then I used a teaspoon of red pepper flakes and sprinkled on them. Kind of worked that in a little bit. And about a tablespoon of minced garlic and tossed it around in there. And you can saute them in a skillet or cook them in a pan. Just warm them up. You're not actually having to cook them, remember, because they're cooked. You're just sort of sauteing them. And then you can add uh, beans. And this is beans and greens, okay? This is how you make real Italian beans and greens. It's not a lot of fanciness to it. And then you can add a can of canned beans. White beans are what a lot of people use, which would be like a great northern, a canned great northern bean, rinsed and drained. Drained and rinsed would be a better order to say that, not Mm -hmm. rinsed and drained. But drain them in a colander and rinse them. Um, You can also use cannellini beans, 
which is an Italian bean. We used to eat the. I, I've never had them in something like that, but we used to eat them. Like you pop them out of the skin into your mouth, they make this little popping noise. They were like a snack food. But I prefer, my favorite beans to put in are garbanzo beans. Canned garbanzo beans that are cooked. You just um, drain them and rinse them and put them into the greens. And you just warm all that up in a skillet. Like I said, you're not having to really cook it. But you just warm it up in your skillet. And those are beans and greens. That's the way to do it. Nothing fancy. Very delicious. You can add Romano cheese to this as well. Some people put hot peppers like um, pepperoncini in them. That makes them wicked hot. I mean, if you want to do that, I've had that at restaurants and you want to cry, you know. Um, but it's good to have a nice Italian bread with this because they get a little juicy. You can dip up the juice with your bread. Very delicious. A very delicious thing to make. So, now you know. Deep, dark secrets of Italian wedding soup and also the deep, dark secrets of beans and greens. The beans and greens recipes I found online I was appalled at like what people were posting as a, I just was appalled. Because if you've ever had them in a restaurant, most of the time when you get them in a good Italian restaurant, they're really good. People like them a lot. They usually come as an appetizer, but I mean, they're, beans and greens are delicious. When you look at the recipes online, you think that is nothing like what I had in the restaurant. That doesn't even sound right. So... I just wanted to give you this because it's an easy thing to make. Now, if you like beans and greens, but you don't want to go to all this trouble, you can make them with spinach, with frozen spinach. What you do is you take your spinach, thaw it out, put it in a saucepan. Same thing, just drizzle enough olive oil on it to make it shiny. Put the tablespoon of garlic, teaspoon of red pepper flakes, and start heating it up and put the can of beans in it. It's not terrible. It's good. But it's a good, healthy thing, nice thing to have. Boy, it's a great thing to take in your lunch to work. You can heat it up in the microwave, and it's just really good. Have a little piece of bread with it or whatever you like with it. and It's a delicious thing to make. So there you are. I apologize if anyone is offended from being called a whitehead. But it's not that we don't like you. It's just that we know you take all the goodies out of the soup. <laughs> That's all. So I hope you enjoyed learning about making Italian wedding soup and beans and greens and I hope you try them out if you do let me know you know post on our Facebook page and let me know if you tried my recipes out and thanks for listening if you did and if you didn't too bad for you <laughs>